Hello, all of you peopleoids out there in podcast cyber listening land, wherever you are. Oh my gosh, there's a lot of you. There's starting to be a lot of you out there. I'm your host, Shasta Ray. This is Voice of the Parrot. Welcome, everybody, and all of you. Holy cow, this has been a great day today. And actually, I have recorded this week's episode and then decided to nix it. I may use it at a later time, but I started thinking about some stuff over the past couple days since I recorded it, and I decided to change gears a little bit. And uh, yeah, so I am joined in the studio tonight by Microdog. I have no doubt that Giant Dog will probably wander down here and start making noise and interrupt things. He usually does. And no birds. Why not? Oh gosh, holy cow, Murray is a stressed out, throwing a fit kind of baby bird. I needed to walk the giant dog and Murray is adhered to me at all times. So I have to get a little bit creative. I leave him in the bird room with some cartoons and the budgie brigade. And he actually does really well in there once I can get away from him and shut the door. But I have to get creative. And usually I stick him in a budgie cage with the door open about three inches. So he has to like crawl out. And that usually gives me enough time to get out the door. He is a stinker. I have tried a variety of different things. And once they start bonding to you, you have to kind of work with their heads a little bit. I was putting him up in his cage for some cage time every day, but he's doing really well with the budgies. He sits in there and sings and whistles to him and runs through his vocabulary, and they tend to kind of leave him alone. They kind of go to their area of the room, so at least he gets his socialization that way. But I was feeling guilty about when I did need to put him in his cage for cage time just so I can work. Sometimes he does not let me work. Oh my gosh, he just wants to see what I'm doing. He wants to be in the middle of things. He loves to tear things up for fun and not his toys when he is out of his cage. He wants to do what I'm doing. So I have to kind of watch him. He has destroyed two computer mouses, mices, mice, computer mouse. He destroyed one by severing the cable. It had a cable on it. And then my wireless, he has gone nuts on the scroll wheel and... He just has to bite things. I don't know. He gets crazy. And then he keeps reprogramming my computer. I don't know how else to say it. So what he likes to do is jump on my keyboard while I'm working. And it's really cute, but it's getting irritating because I think he lands on the control key and something else. And then he, he does these shortcuts that I don't even know what they are accidentally. And uh, yeah, he screwed up chat GPT one day. He screwed up my Facebook, and then today he completely obliterated my monitor display and how it displayed things. So I had to kind of mess with stuff and reset some stuff. So anyway, he is a crazy man. And gosh, between him and last week's amazing guests, holy cow, how many of you listened into that? That was such a wonderful episode. I am so proud of how that turned out and the information we presented. I think it's a much needed area of discussion. Sometimes these birds that are kind of somewhere in between, meaning pigeons, they're domesticated, they're pets, but everyone hates them. Nobody considers them because they think that they're vermin, 
but they're not. We created them and then we get mad at them for existing. So yeah, they are a wonderful, wonderful option if a parrot species is not right for you. You may want to consider this and they are all over the place in shelters. There's bird rescues just for pigeons. And you may want to look into that because here again, they don't bite. They don't scream. They don't tear things up for fun. They're not going to destroy your computer mouse. You know, Murray's not even that big of a bird. He's a cockatiel and he gets he gets crazy with stuff. I have to watch him. And then you have to watch what they get into. Also, you don't want them starting to play with something that could hurt them or anything like that. So anyway, pigeons are pretty low-key, and they can be potty trained. They can just be a nice little pet companion around your house, and they love to stay clean. They're a little bit different since they're a different type of bird. You have to take a slightly different approach with their housing, their perches, but not much. Not really. They're actually easier in that sense. So if you didn't listen to last week's presentation on Voice of the Pigeon, where we talked about pigeons and kind of gave them a little bit of a voice, go check that out. It was really fun. And there was some surprising, amazing trivia facts presented. So what what triggered me to switch gears this week? Well, I started thinking about all the good things that pigeons did for my young guest, Talon, and his mom. I started thinking about some of the stuff that we talked about last week and stuff that I brought up with my birds. Oh my gosh. And then I started thinking about all of that in depth. So what I'm referring to is the emotional aspects and the positive aspects of keeping birds on your psyche. So there's two sides to this. If they're a good fit, they're an excellent, excellent pet for you to keep. If they're not a good fit, it can be a disaster. And one thing that I want to, I'll probably be like a broken record with this. I want to impress upon everybody that when you start researching birds and a pet bird and this and that, and you're out there on YouTube and you're doing your thing and you think you're really doing your homework, you're doing your research, and you're watching videos, and you're checking things out. Maybe you're in a bird group, and you watch pictures that people post, and read their posts and stuff. A lot of times, all of the positive things will get presented, but none of the negative aspects as much. There might be a little of it out there. There might be some emphasis on some of that a little bit, but try to reach out to people that keep the kind of bird you're looking to get. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, And I would say reach out to different types of people. And by that, I mean the people that keep them just as pets. Talk to somebody that's an experienced keeper of that species of bird. And then maybe the breeders. Okay. Reach out to different people and see what they each have to say and ask them about the good and bad aspects of keeping these birds. What are some of the things you need to brace yourself for? A lot of times, quite actually, I have tried to go out there and find videos that really emphasize bird bites and what causes them and how bad they can be, things like that. You just don't find a lot. Nobody wants to advertise that. Nobody wants to post it. And it probably gets captured on video 
a lot less because people are always trying to catch the really cute, endearing things to put them out there because that's what people want to watch. So you're going to get bombarded with all these cute, little, fun, endearing, whimsical videos and pictures and all of the cute things that birds do. And they send all these great messages, right? You really want one. But they're not going to post videos of them biting or destroying things or when they're not getting along with other birds or other problems that may occur, or the noise. There are videos out there that will emphasize how loud some of these birds can be, but I have had conversations with people that had to get rid of birds because they had children with sensory problems and things like that, that the birds would just make the kids in a state of torture. Like it, it would it was very hard for them to deal with with their nervous systems and whatever their things were that they were struggling with. So that's not just limited to kids. Oh my gosh, how many people do you know these days that have anxiety problems, depression problems? I'm one of them. I'm not going to lie. I have all that. It's going away. I work on it every day. I have been for a long time. And mine is due to an underlying health issue that was kind of getting away from me, and I've got that corrected, and I'm healing from it. But you still end up with some residual. It doesn't stop, right? And I'm not somebody that takes medication for these problems. I tried at one time, and it, it made no dent in it, so I won't put chemicals into my body if it's not helping me. So anyway, I have finally gotten to the root of my problems, and I have been dealing with different kinds of life stresses that get amplified because of the anxiety and the depression problems. And for me, getting a bird, getting a few more birds has been the best thing for me. Oh my gosh, my giant dog is a anxiety type service dog to me. And he helps me. He always has. But he has had some health issues. I had to get him knee surgery this past year. And he's getting older. He's showing signs of age. He's only eight, but he's a giant breed. And he had had an abusive past before I got him. So I'm kind of releasing some of the strictness of my expectations on him because actually Murray is starting to pick up the slack for him in that area. And Murray and I have bonded so tightly in just the few short months that I've had him that he helps me with all sorts of stuff. And if I start feeling some anxiety coming on, some stress is starting to bother me, get me down, um, it's on my head too much, the depression starts kicking in, he senses that and he is on it. Oh my gosh, he is either doing something to make me laugh, he's trying to get me to interact with him, or if I just need some chill time and I have some downtime, he will come up, get up under my chin, up in my face, snuggle in and fall asleep and relax me almost like nothing else in my life has ever been able to do. It is incredible. It is crazy. So the bond I have with this little baby bird is crazy, crazy, crazy. So bonding with him and bonding with my budgies has been something that has been very therapeutic for me. It has made me a better person. It has done amazing things for me. And last week, Kendra had mentioned how the pigeons with Talon has helped him with his socialization. He likes to get out and interact with people more. He likes to talk. And I could not believe how incredibly prepared that young man was 
to be on the podcast and he was all excited to be here and look how professional he was. He is 14. Wow. Amazing. If a bird can do that for a person, if a bird can do what it does for me, there are advantages of having them. They are very, very intuitive. We also talked about a picture that Kendra had sent me in the past year sometime. Talon had been sick, and the pigeon that they adopted from me sensed that and just sat with him and snuggled with him and took care of him, you know, was there for him. She wanted to be close. She wanted to be a source of comfort and do what it was that she could. That's a lot, really. How many people do that for you on a regular basis? If you've got someone that does that for you, you're really blessed. Wow. But that's what kind of intuition these birds have. And not just one species or another. They will interact with you. And they will, you know, the more time you spend with them, the closer they will be. Now, I will say that sometimes you may adopt a bird. It may have had a a traumatic past of some sort. It may not be a bird that gets snuggly with you or bonds with you on a physical sense or wants to be close to you. My little budgie, Mike, the rescue bird, I don't even really know what his past was. He is still to this day very skittish around me, but he shows signs. You can tell he's very interested in me. We have a way of kind of understanding each other, and he knows that I'm really trying to do for him, that I'm providing for him. I think that he had a lot of chaos in his past that he still kind of has a knee-jerk reaction to, but at the same time, he does express how interested he is when I'm in the room. He gets, he does have a way of communicating with me and showing interest and appreciation, believe it or not. So pay attention to your bird's body language too. Sometimes if you get a bird that's been traumatized, you get it from a shelter, it may not have that super close one-on-one handleability, but Believe me, they know who you are, they know you provide, and they will pick up on those loving energies from you also. And even if it's from a distance, they're going to, over time, start reacting to you and paying attention to you and interacting with you in their own way. But what if the bird isn't a good fit for you? That's where your research comes in. And we talked about that last week also. Do your research. Ask questions. Do not let birds, don't let any animal become an impulse purchase, but birds especially, do not make them into an impulse purchase. It's not fair to them. And I think a lot of people don't realize birds can be very attached to you too. They're going to get very used to their surroundings. They're going to rely on you. They're going to trust you and they're going to love you. They're going to bond with you in their own way. So if you just get tired of them, you don't want them, it's not going to work out. You didn't do your homework. Oh gosh, they're louder than you imagine. I'll just rehome it. You're the one that you're going to convince that it's no big deal to just pop them into a new surroundings. It's stressful for them, especially if they love you. They are going to be very confused. Why did this person that's been taking care of me that I love so much just up and just get rid of me? they will not understand the dynamics of that. And the more bonded a bird is with you in these parrot species, even the pigeons, anything, it's going to hurt them. They have emotions, believe it or not. They may not be the same as our human emotions, and they may not have the same ways of thinking and the same thought processes. But trust me, 
if they're interacting with you, they love you and they adore you. So respect that and appreciate it. It's a gift. It is a huge gift, but it may not be a gift you're ready for either. So I guess the whole point to this is that birds have amazing, amazing, amazing abilities to make you better, make you a better person, make you have a lot of realizations about yourself, about the world around you, and just make your your day-to-day life sunny and bright and happy in ways that you can't imagine. But if you get into something like, oh gosh, look at that bright, pretty, lovely parrot, and they're playful, and I just saw one on the internet doing all these cute things and interacting with its owner in cute ways, but you didn't look into it enough to find out that a sun conure (laughs) is one of the loudest screeching birds out there. And if you leave it in a a room by itself, it's going to be flock calling to you because it wants to be with you. And it's breaking out your eardrums and it's getting you in trouble with the condo next to you or the apartment next to you or uh, you get kicked out or something. Oh my gosh, you don't need that. Be prepared do your homework, find out, is this bird that you're about ready to get going to fit into your life? I have mentioned the budgies and how noisy they can be. Trust me, it's a thing. Now, to me, I love the sound that they make. So having five of them, it's five times as good. I love it. And I have learned how to tune them out when I'm watching TV in the same room. It doesn't bother me. I would rather have them hopping around, singing, playing, eating, flying around the room, flapping over to my side of the room, squawking, flying off while I'm trying to watch something interesting. And maybe I have to rewind it a couple times because they get noisy and they start screeching or something. But you know what? My life is so much better for having them that to me, it's a joyous sound. Whereas other people may not feel that way. It may be too much. I was in a budgie group And there was somebody in there that posted, what do I do? I have a female budgie and all she does is scream and screech and squawk all day long. And I'm tired of it. So I cover her cage, but now I feel really like guilty for covering her cage just to make her shut up. Oh, I don't know. Spend some more time with her. (laughs) She's in the other room making noise because one of two things, either you have a radio on and she's responding to that and singing along and chattering along or she's squawking and flock calling to you because she wants you to spend time with her or you're too sensitive to it in some way and you weren't prepared. If there's that much of a disconnect between you and your bird where you just can't stand it, it's driving you nuts, you weren't around it enough. There's a lot of people out there that have budgies and are on Facebook. So join a budgie group before you buy one and talk to people. See if there's anyone in your area that wouldn't mind you coming over and having a cup of coffee with them or ordering a pizza or something and just sit and experience what it's like. Can you deal with the noise? Oh my gosh, that might be a big selling point or a turnoff point for you right there. Guess what? That little bit of effort just saved a bird like Mike the Rescue Bird from a little bit of heartache and grief and a a terrible life all by itself because it was in a back room 
because you couldn't deal with its its noise. And gosh, you didn't want to get two of them. That'd be twice as noisy, right? So think things through. If that's the case, hey, think about a pigeon. Think about a dove. They're a little bit smaller than a pigeon. Or maybe you want something like a finch. I would say maybe a canary isn't going to be a good choice because if you end up with a male canary, that thing is going to sing and sing and sing and sing all day. And it might be a prettier sound than what you think a parrot or a budgie might make, but that thing is going to make a lot of joyous noise at a loud decibel. Really, for as little of a bird they are, they have a little bit of a volume going on. So think about why do you want a bird? What's it going to do for you? What kind of person are you? Is this going to be something that you're going to welcome? Is the noise going to be a problem? Do you have neighbors that it's going to be a problem? And then if you want to move forward with something like a parrot species, do your homework on that because some of them are relatively quiet. Now, cockatiels are a really awesome choice because they're going to bond with you like crazy. They're really cute. They tend to be a little bit more docile type personality. They're not going to break your finger if they bite you (laughs) and it's not going to clamp down. Now, they can bite if they want to bite. They can nip you pretty good. But really, if you get a hand-raised one and you get one when it's young and you work with it, you're going to have a wonderful little companion. Now, I have a male. Murray likes to sing. He likes to vocalize. He is he has joy in his heart, and he vocalizes and sings just as much as the budgies. I understand that the female cockatiels, they're going to be maybe a little bit more clingy with you, but they're not going to vocalize nearly as much. So look into that if you're looking for a parrot species. And then last but not least, a little bit more food for thought. This goes back into that whole research thing. What parrot are you looking at getting? What bird are you looking at getting and why? Now I'm bringing this up because I think this does factor in. I hear people do this with all kinds of animals. Oh, those look so cool. I want one of those. That looks amazing. That is such a unique animal. I want one of those. And then you don't do anything besides go, oh, that looks really cool. And I saw a video once, but you don't think beyond that. So just because something looks cool doesn't mean it's going to be cool. And there are parrot species that have very, very, very specific diets like the lorikeets. They're very colorful. They're very beautiful. Oh my gosh, that was something I considered. But they have very specialized diets. You can't just feed them like a parakeet, right? Nor can you feed like other bigger parrots, like a parakeet. And then some of them have very specific personality traits and tendencies. Some of them don't so much. So what are you after and what is it that's appealing? Because if it's just the appearance of a bird or the uniqueness of it, and you aren't prepared to properly care for it, or you aren't prepared for some of its maybe personality traits, that could be a turnoff if you're not ready for it, or it could overwhelm you. Also, I got kind of caught up into that mentality for a while, and I started thinking, oh, I would like one of these. Well, one day I'm going to have one of those. One day I'm going to have that, this thing, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? I have found that simple for me is better. So those little boring old everywhere in every pet store budgies, to me, those are a perfect bird in many, many, many ways. So is a cockatiel. 
I was thinking about different conures. I would still love a certain type of conure or another. There's a couple different conures that I would love one day. But really, the more I looked into it of all of the good traits that some of those birds had, what was I actually reaching for? Uniqueness? Something different? Something out of the norm? Would something a little bit less expensive satisfy what I was actually after? Did that make more sense for me? In my particular situation, yeah, absolutely. And when it came to Mike the rescue bird, he was a budgie that was a reject by someone else and he had less chance of being adopted than a little tiny young one at a pet store or from a private breeder or something like that. So consider that. There are all kinds of bird rescues that have budgies. Budgies can actually be tamed very easily even if they're older. You just need a little bit of persistence and patience and be willing to put your time in with the bird and spend time with the bird. Cockatiels, I don't have, but the experience that I have with Murray. And my experience with Murray is over the top. I could not be more happy with any other bird than I am with this simple little inexpensive cockatiel that is, holy cow, he is so attached to me. I am equally as attached to him. And yeah, they're all over the place. You see them in pet stores. They're common. They're nothing special, right? Everyone's seen cockatiels. Eh, so what? But you know what? There's a reason they're so popular. Maybe they're not as flashy as something more exotic. But my point is, consider what's right there in your own backyard first before you go across the world for something. And by that, I mean, maybe there's something in a rescue. Maybe there's just a small little bird that's going to satisfy everything your heart desires about owning a bird. And it'll be easier in a lot of ways and less expensive in a lot of ways. Maybe that little tiny common thing is going to be the perfect solution. Maybe not. Maybe you do need a different type of species. But when it comes to like a lot of the conures, a couple things that people don't realize about them is they can be very one-person-only birds. You could get a conure, it attaches to a different person in your household and doesn't even like you. <laughs> I find that cockatiels tend to be pretty, uh, pretty much across the board friendly to humans once they're friendly to humans. Same with parakeets. Oh my gosh, they are happy and cheerful. I have had friends over that can just walk right up. They'll step right up for anybody. Same with the cockatiel. And um, it's not really a big deal. They're, they're very, 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 very friendly. Where if I had, say, a green cheek conure that was starting to bond to me like a male, that thing may try to bite everyone that even gets near me. So make sure that you kind of check those kinds of aspects of bird ownership out. So make sure you do a little bit of research in the personality traits and likelihood of what if you have other members of the family and that bird doesn't like them or it likes them better than you. <laughs> there are a lot of parrots that that will happen with. It's very common. So again, do your homework, do your research, do some soul searching. And last but not least, I wanted to give a shout out to everyone who has subscribed to the YouTube channel 
after I hit 100 subscribers, it stopped sending me notifications when someone hit that subscribe button, so I can't do the shoutouts like I was planning to do. But I think I've had a good probably half a dozen people or so in the past week subscribe to the YouTube channel. So yay for all of you. Thank you so much for joining the fun. I am so excited that my little channel's growing. It makes me really happy. And I hope that it's making you guys happy also. Last but not least, I wanted to do a really quick rundown on how widespread we are. Now, we're still a very small podcast and we still have a small amount of downloads in the grand scheme of things, but it's ramping up and there's a little bit more attention every week. I get a few new listeners every week. It is awesome. So a majority of us are in the United States, but I've also got some listeners in India, Canada, Turkey, Australia, the United Kingdom, Japan, Trinidad and Tobago, South Africa, Iran, Slovakia, Singapore, Qatar, the Palestinian Territory, Costa Rica, Indonesia, France, Denmark, Germany, Brazil, the United Arab Emirates, and Zimbabwe. Nose boops all around. <laughs> all right, this has been so much fun. Thank you for hanging out with me this week. Stay tuned for next week. I have some really awesome stuff planned and we're going to get right into stuff. I have some surprises for you guys. Right on. Have a good one, everyone. Bye-bye.